0: Time to smash it up for a 6-0 edition of the Sunday Smash, presented by State Farm agent and longtime Noel and War Chance supporter Russ Forges. Alongside Ira Chafel, my name is Tom Lang, and we are breaking down a top four team in the country, Ira, that is and 6-0 at the halfway point. How are you this fine day in Tallahassee, Ira? The weather's been beautiful today.
1: It couldn't be nicer, man. It's it's uh, We did a little bit of decorating out in the yard. We got a late start on the holiday uh, Halloween decorations this That's year, nice. so it was a nice day to go do it.
0: What is your favorite piece of Halloween decorations?
1: Um, you know, we've got a um, we've got a pretty cool like spider web thing with spiders in it. Um, but what I want to do, and my family's kind of uh, prevented me from doing, is we have a second floor back balcony, mm-hmm. and what what I've always wanted to do is like when when trick or treaters come to the door throw like a fake body over the railing <laughs> down and my nobody will let me do it um they're 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 thinking about compromising to doing it with a skeleton
0: because
1: mm. that won't look quite as uh
0: yeah right. real yeah
1: yeah i don't know if i would do it to like five-year-olds but i think right like, right you
0: know, yeah yeah teenagers yeah right
1: yeah yeah. Just throw a, body comes flying over the the balcony but anyway so we'll that's where we're at right now
0: my dad used to walk around as as a like a bloody bum uh in the <laughs> in uh, brooklyn back in the day and walk around and scare kids like bah. uh you're a man after my father's heart <laughs> uh just so the orange police don't get me this is a creamsicle i'm rocking the creamsicle today for the bucks who are looking that offense looks creamsicle worthy today uh, in tampa as the bucks have a grand total of six points in the fourth quarter, but do the, um,
1: do the players, like I turned it on for a little bit and I was watching, do the players like it or do the play? You think the players are like, what are we doing?
0: I think it is far enough in the past that those guys have no idea that it's associated with being a loser. <laughs> uh, that I think they're all right with it. Cause it's like that kind of styles come back around. You know, the powder blues has been really cool for a long time. Like all those little pastelly seventies things people love these days, mm-hmm. but I don't know if they'll love it after this one Ira because, uh, <laughs> I don't know how, you know, maybe another three quarters and, and we'll score a touchdown, but uh, Director Ben's Lions are taking the uh the cake. But that's not why we're here. We're to talk, uh, here to talk about Florida State being 6-0 and and an easy win over another team that wears orange in Syracuse. Um, Ira, your thoughts from the stadium and the postgame, just in general, now that you've had time to reflect the last 24-plus hours, what do you make of what you saw yesterday and all that you took in?
1: You know, it's kind of a weird game because um, you know Syracuse was just not competitive. Um, even I thought defensively. Now they did. You know, I thought there were a few times in the game where it looked like Florida State, um, especially early on, a few times because Syracuse, the way they line their alignment is is so not typical. Sometimes it looks like it, it, it's an obvious decision to run the ball, but then the, the box gets loaded pretty quickly. They'll bring in guys from all over. So I think it was a little bit tricky sometimes. Um, but from, from a personnel standpoint, Florida State really could name their score. And that's why – I think that's why Mike Norvell decided to go for it on the fourth and four whatever it was down in the red zone. Just – I think he didn't respect Syracuse and he fe- figured he could do whatever he wanted. And so when you have that mindset and you realize the coaching staff has that mindset – it's kind of hard to take the game super seriously because it's such a mismatch. And if you watch Dino Baber's press conference, our our guy, Matt Lacerra went and videotaped that. And he texted me afterwards. He's like, man, Dino, he sounded a little downtrodden. And, you know, and I I think it's a combination of their seasons, not going the way they expected. Plus, you know, they just were not competitive in this game. So that, that's the only thing that bothers me. That Florida state played well. I think it was a pretty complete game. I think the defense was impressive. Um, And the big plays on offense and special teams were impressive. But it, I just have a hard time taking too much away from it because Syracuse, uh, really more than any team they played, just wasn't competitive.
0: Yeah, agreed. You know, I, I think you're correct. I think there's two things that play into it. It's the opponent when you go for it on fourth and goal from the four, and I think frustration that they didn't execute plays that he thought were there on first, second, and third down. But you're right. I mean, uh, another sign of disrespect, if you will is first drive of the second half, and all of your backup front four is out there. I mean, it's Gil Bradman, Byron Turner, Malcolm Ray, Dennis Briggs. I mean, the starters had a half an hour rest, Ira. The uh, halftime in college takes forever, and that's what you start with. And then, oddly enough, that drive was the weirdest one of the game because it's third and nine, and Dino calls a draw or just a run up the middle to give up and punt. It's like, wow, okay. The score is 17-3 to three at that point, I guess. you know. So, to your point, it's tough to have a, a lot of – giant takeaways. But this defense now, Ira, in the last eight quarters, I know Corey's got a, uh, a piece up on WorkChamp.com right now, about 10 quarters of dominance. But that defense has given up 13 points the last two weeks. Right. And if you extend it out, it's not much more. If you talk about the second half of the Clemson game, that's for real, I think, right? I mean, not that you would say that Syracuse specifically has a, has a takeaway from it, but that's a trend that is now worth remarking on.
1: Yeah, I think so. And, and you know, I, Syracuse is not devoid of talent. I mean, they have a couple of skill players and you know, Babers talked about uh, you know, the fact that it was so frustrating for them because even if they had they thought they had a receiver breaking free where they maybe had an opportunity in the passing game, the yeah. pass would get swatted down at the line of scrimmage or the pressure would come and they they just couldn't hold up uh to protect for for Garrett Schrader. So um, yeah, and then you know, when they did make plays, I uh, the Florida State did a good job of uh, just not letting a drive sustain, I th- letting them sustain drives. I thought, you know, and again, you know, you think about the Boston college game or you think about, um, you know, maybe in times of the Virginia tech game or just different times of the season where the the defense seemed to maybe just lose focus or lose, you know, we, we we kept asking about the killer instinct. And if you don't have that, it shows up against even bad offenses. And I think, you know, it's a, it's a good, it's definitely all a good sign that they never really let Syracuse maintain the ball for a long time or finish off any of those drives
0: this is one of those things I love to ask you because I'm never in that room the press conference room and it has a feel to it that even on War Chant TV we have all the videos you can watch all the post-game press conferences in addition to the rap with Ira and Corey but the feel of the room is something that you can't see and you know through the through the screen on YouTube so how did that feel to you uh what did Mike Norvell's tenor say to you about what they thought about the performance yesterday and then the players as well
1: Ira? two things I would say that two things that really stood up to me stood out to me was one is I think they were very happy. Um I think they which tells me they took the game very seriously. Like that they were um just watching like uh Ken Coleman looking at the stat sheet and like reading out Jordan Travis's numbers passing. Like he was happy for Jordan. He thought that Jordan played well and he thought the numbers represented that, even though the completion percentage wasn't great. Um, but you know, you complete twenty-three passes for almost three hundred yards. Um and Mike Norvell seemed very happy. I mean, he was, he was, I think, very happy that they took the game seriously. They prepared well during the week and, you know, especially defensively, the way they kind of took care of business. Um, it just wasn't sloppy. They didn't play down to the competition, which is something you always kind of worry about. Um, and then uh, otherwise, the other, the, my other big takeaway was, you know, if you go back and watch the interview with Josh Farmer and, and uh, or Lawrence Tofili or those guys, there's a Shaheen Brown like there was a real I thought humility um that came through in terms of not feeling like um not I don't know like not not bragging not boasting about beating a team 41 to 3 very much like this was a business situation they treated it like business they did what they were supposed to do I thought one of the things Josh Farmer said was really interesting he said the thing they talked about as a defensive line before the game is don't do anything. Spe- don't try to do anything special. Just do your job and play hard and fight. And, and if you do that, everything else will take care of itself. And I thought that was kind of indicative of the way they played.
0: Yeah. It, I mean, they were all about it all day. That's uh, It's a pleasure to watch. You know, it, it's not something we've seen a ton of. Although last year, I or the defense performed well in situations like this. Right. Blew out six opponents. But when an offense rolls out there and you expect that the ball's going to be punted back to you or your turnover is going to get generated, It's a a luxury that Florida State hasn't had um, consistently for a long time. And so there'll be another test this upcoming week against Duke. The news and notes there is it's a 7.30 kick. It was going to be prime time, but we didn't know if it was going to be 7.30 or 8 p.m. That kickoff is now 7.30. And interestingly enough, Las Vegas is telling you, Ira, that they don't believe that the starting quarterback for Duke is going to play. That line opened at 15 and a half today?
1: Yeah, and I thought there was some interesting gamesmanship uh, by Mike Elko at their game the other night. You know, He brought him out. They brought Riley Leonard out to pregame. They had him throwing passes uh, after the game. Uh, somebody, one of the reporters asked Elko if Riley Leonard was close to a game time decision. And he said, oh yeah, he was out there in pregame. You know, it was really close. But if you watch the way he was throwing those passes, you know, we'll see. Yeah. You know, they, they can do some things to help ankles out. But, um, you know, he, he was not putting a lot of pressure on the ankle. He was very standing very upright. He was not like pushing off at it, it all so you know we'll see we'll see how he is this this week but um I agree with you I think that Vegas doesn't think he's going to play
0: yeah I don't if he plays that number's not 15 and a half right. you know if they think he's going to go so uh that indicates to me that whatever information they get is is potentially good for Florida State um as Riley Leonard I think on game day they said something to the effect of they're really hoping he's full speed for Louisville in a couple of weeks too so those are the context cl- go ahead
1: yeah and I was just gonna say like you know you know coaches can kind of I don't know gamesmanship their their way through circles and you, you never really know for sure, mm-hmm. but it feels to me that if you felt like Riley Leonard wasn't going to, was going to play, if you were confident Riley Leonard was going to play, I think you would let Florida state know that as late as possible. Yeah. Like you wouldn't want to build this past game up as yeah, he's going to play. There's a chance he's going to play, have him go out there and throw pregame warmups. If you, if you thought there was a good chance he was going to play this way, I think you'd rather keep him under wraps so the FSU thinks, oh, maybe he's not going to play.
0: We will have a guest tonight on Sunday Smash. He'll be joining us in just a little over half an hour. It's War Chant football analyst Dominic Robinson. He's D-Rob. Going to be D-Rob is joining the program at about quarter till eight. He's going to close out the show with us. And uh, after giving his initial thoughts on what he's seen so far, it, Dominic's first video of the year was out this week on the channel. It was a really good look at Florida State's running game. Always insightful stuff. If you have questions about scheme and X's and O's, he's going to answer that to close the show today. So in the chat right now, there's nearly 500 of you watching. Make sure to hit that like button and subscribe to WarChant TV. But if you have scheme questions, we'll probably get to two or three of them. So make them good questions and uh, we'll see what D-Rob has to say about your specific queries on Florida State's offense or defense. This is somebody who played both sides of the ball, guys and, and gals, and, and also D-Rob uh, still coaches in the high school game on Friday nights. So very well-versed is Dominic Robinson. We can't wait to be joined by him in just a half an hour. Which What this also means, though, is that your questions for us, will will start that process a little bit earlier I'd say maybe in about 10 minutes or so or less. This is the Sunday Smash presented by State Farm agent Russ Forges. He covers, insurance-wise, three states that are in the Knowles footprint. Yes, Florida, of course, and you see the numbers there for his two offices, the brick-and-mortar offices. But RussForhis.com is his website, and also he covers everybody, Ira, in Florida, Georgia, and Alabama. And he's been a longtime supporter of what we do at WarChant as well.
1: You know, when you say that, it makes me feel like a slacker because we just cover Florida State. We just we're just focused here on Tallahassee, but Russ he can take care of you if you're across really across the southeast. But uh, obviously, a special he has offices in the Jacksonville area, so uh, does most of his business I think there. But uh, yeah, man, he can help Knowles and even non Knowles um, outside of uh, the Jacksonville area across Florida, Georgia, and Alabama. Really good guy, just a guy that. You know, just a good, solid businessman, supporter of Florida State athletics, a friend of the program. He consumes War Chant content. He's he's been a longtime subscriber, friend of Gene Williams, and uh, we're just thrilled that he's part of the show.
0: Well, it's one of those things too. If you want to talk to him to explore options or you have yes. questions, he will do that. You don't have to sign up and then you get to talk to Russ. And this is uh, it's a conversation yeah. that you can have. So we appreciate and, his support. Good.
1: Yeah, and you can go to the website russwarriors and you can actually request a quote and and start the process that way. So it's just not super high pressure, that type of thing.
0: That's the way Russ does it, and that's the way we do it. It's just no-pressure night here on Sunday Smash. Florida State 6-0 and at the halfway pole. This is exactly what you want, where you want it to be. Everybody in the preseason, we focus on September and those two critical games against LSU and against Clemson. Florida State gets through those, and Ira, there were a lot of question marks, but getting home finally to play home games 2 and 3 on the slate feels like momentum is picking back up, so in that spirit – and uh, we just had a Friday the 13th, uh, so in the, in the weirdness spirit, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions at the halfway mark. What's the weirdest thing that you've seen about Florida State so far this season? Maybe that you didn't expect, but you're now saying, "All right, I guess that's just kind of who they are." What, what's what stood out to you that in a surprise department for FSU halfway through the year?
1: Uh, probably that the um probably the running game. That it it has taken a while to get going, um, and you know, and you mentioned the piece that D Rob did last week. Um, I thought uh, the video, if you, people, if you want to go back and watch it, it's on on our YouTube channel, and it's uh, you know, it's a good look at the running game and how they did, how they executed things against Virginia Tech, and and why some things didn't work against Clemson. And um, you know, I think I just assumed that even though the personnel changed a little bit on the offensive line, that they would kind of pick up where they were. And it's, and it's taken them a little while, you know, looking back, I think we probably underestimated what it meant to lose Maury Smith, what it meant to lose Robert Scott, um, four weeks at a time. And now they're, they're, they're both back in the lineup. Um, you know, every week Darius Washington's playing a different position. Uh, you know, you have your, and then they're also trying to work in all those guys. Like, I think they don't, they don't, I don't think they feel like, Dimitri uh, Emmanuel is, is a huge upgrade over Keandre Jones or vice versa so they're playing them both and and, and it's an interesting experiment experiment that they've had over the la- the first five six weeks of the season but I think that all is part of why the the running game hasn't really kind of taken off I, I guess I just always have taken that for granted with Alex Atkins Mike Norvell and Jordan Travis a quarterback that the running game is going to be super effective and it you know hasn't quite been that the case.
0: So a side question for you, yesterday Bless Harris was a game time decision. Uh did you happen to see him take warm ups? I know that was the that was the plan. And then I'm assuming he was in street clothes on the sideline after that since he didn't he didn't take a snap.
1: No, I mean he was dressed. I didn't go I, I didn't go back to check. I mean, he was definitely dressed out and going through pregame warm ups. Yep. I can't remember if he participated um, or excuse me, was on the sideline still in uniform. I think he was. Um, but it, you know, even in pregame warmups, like Darius was taking the first team reps at left tackle, Rob Scott and, and bless were, were behind him. And, uh, you know, I think it was probably a situation where if they don't need to play him, uh, you know, give him another week to get healthy. So yeah, going into next week, if, uh, now Darius Washington was the one guy, he, he came back in straight clothes at some point during the second half. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it looked like he had a, a brace on his left knee. So it didn't look like it was cumbersome like it wasn't like he couldn't walk but he did leave the game um but if you have robert scott bless harris and uh jeremiah byers you feel pretty good at tackle and you know you you certainly have the the interior alignment that you need you'd like to have darius as that swing swing guy um but but we don't know how he's going to be this week yet
0: that's interesting. I did not know that. And now that makes Maury Smith's health all the more critical moving forward because Darius is your backup center there. Okay. So another big picture question for you at the halfway point, what's the best thing about where Florida state is six and beyond the record, of course, but what's the biggest thing that you take away and you say, good job. This has been successful.
1: Uh, man, I would say I'm going to switch the defensive side just because, um, not to do two offensive things. Um, I, <laughs> I think, I think that the defense is, I think the secondaries found themselves. I thought early in the year, you know, I was surprised by some of the miscommunications, just guys, you know, some of the big plays that were given up in the passing game. That was so unlike this defense. You know, again, we debated a lot last year um, about whether or not that was a good defense or not, or was it just good because they played bad offenses the whole second half of the year. Um, I always felt like, you know, there's something to be said for a defense that doesn't give up a ton of big plays. And they didn't give up a ton of big plays. Well, early this year they were, um, but I really think that they've settled down now. I think you, I think the back end is 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 stabilized now. You got Akeem Dent back uh, in the starting lineup. You got, uh, I think Cyprus and Renardo Green have been solid. And then uh, Shaheem, I think, is coming on. It was nice to see Shaheem get a little bit more uh, active yesterday. So I think that has been a, a real positive that the back end is kind of solidified after, you know, kind of a rocky start.
0: It's a big game for Shaheem. Led the team in tackles with seven. He had six solo tackles, uh, a sack and a half, and a pass breakup. That's a big day at the office there for Shaheem. And I noticed, Ira, a couple of plays yesterday, just because we've seen some issues in communication. I think uh, Mike Norvell called them missed opportunities in communication or something along those lines after the BC game. But you're watching Akeem Dent play traffic cop back there, and it Mm -hmm. just looks so much simpler. Like He says one or two things, and guys go where they're supposed to go there is no debate there's something to be said for having a veteran there that people understand that all right whatever he says goes and i'm going to follow his word
1: yeah and even it's a good point even on the sideline um just watching him talk to conrad hussey when Con- hussey had been in the game Wait a and they come back yeah. and they come back to the sideline and Akeem's talking to conrad on the sideline like a coach you know he's he's explaining something very calmly and uh i think he's got a good demeanor for that too um you know and again this is a guy that has been here now I don't know, five, six years. He's been here for a long time. Yeah. Um, I think he might've committed, he might've committed when Jimbo was here, um, and then stuck it through and signed with Willie. Um, so yeah, man, it's, it's a, uh, you got a real veteran presence there. It's good to, have, good to have him back.
0: To me, I'd say that the best thing so far is the interior of that defensive line. And the answers are a little bit different than, than you would have expected preseason. Like Fabian Lovett's playing, but it's not, a lion's share of reps that, that Fabian mm-hmm. Lovett is, is logging week to week. They have a good rotation going. Dennis Briggs has been quite solid, I'd say, uh, since the beginning of the year. But then how about Malcolm Ray? We don't talk yeah. about him ever. He's had a couple of good weeks in a row, making plays, batting passes down, stuffing mm-hmm. runs. Malcolm Ray has gone from like the sixth or seventh guy and out and of mm-hmm. the discussion to a valuable piece of the rotation.
1: Yeah, that's, that's another good point. And I think the thing about that defensive tackle rotation that's so cool and a really positive thing is that, to your point, like, Fabian Lovett is going to finally go pro after this year. You know, he's a guy that's, you know, I think people around FSU wondered if he was going to go to the NFL two years ago. Then he came back for last year, got injured, and decided to come back for this year. And now he's definitely going to be going now. And you might think he would be motivated by stats. And I think what they've convinced him and these other defensive defensive linemen, your point earlier about starting the second half with a backup defensive line, is – they want those guys to show what they can do against Miami, against Florida in a bowl game and maybe the ACC championship game. And I think the whole mindset is we want you as fresh as possible for those last four or five games. And th- those guys have been bought in because they're not playing nearly as much as you would expect.
0: Yeah, agreed. Uh, not in the preseason at least, but that's just kind of who they are now. And for better or worse, I think that rotation, even against big-time opponents, Ira, that's just going to be a part of what they do. Uh, it seems that they're on a schedule too, for the most part. You can tell like, right. it's like a wholesale change, and that's just going to be the way it is. I know that Alex Atkins talks about that with the offensive line. Nobody's surprised when they come to the sidelines and they stay there, or when Keandre Jones comes off the sidelines for a drive. It's all communicated ahead of time so that nobody's feelings get hurt. In the process uh, now for the negative side of it. So through six games, Florida State's undefeated. Their top four, all of their goals. I mean, you know, if, if you were a playoff or bus guy like me, they're on they're on target for that. If you had to circle one thing and say, okay, if if they're going to get got and uh, upset because they should be a favorite the rest of the way in the regular season, if they're going to get upset, it is because of what do you think?
1: Um, you know, I wonder, I wonder how the offensive line is going to play against you know a really good defensive front. Now, Clemson, I think, is a great defensive front, and floor State handled that about as well as they could. I mean, that was a big reason why, um, you know, you just didn't see a ton of offense in that game. The running game got nothing like 22 total yards. Um, you know, Jordan also wasn't, you know, totally healthy probably, uh, in that game either. So, um, now Jordan's a big equalizer. You get into games later, but that, I think that's one you know. I look at, um, you know, if, if Miami's motivated, their defensive line can be pretty good. Uh, you know, I, you know, if you get to um, you know, if you get in the playoff, that kind of situation. So that offensive line to me is like, it's, it's solid, but I don't know if it's as good as, as, as maybe we hoped it would be. Yeah. And I, and I wonder, you know, how they'll hold up against, you know, if they get in that, they start playing the heavyweights.
0: That's a good point. Uh, pass pro has been better than the run blocking so far, but you know, we saw in camp that pass protection actually looked to be the bigger issue. So if they face a good front, how does that look? And can you keep Jordan upright? Gordon just jumped into the chat. Thank you very much for the contribution, uh, Gordon, and kind words, it, it would appear. Uh, the content is head and shoulders above all others uh, at Warchan. Check out other sites. Uh, thank you. Uh, should we be pulling for an undefeated North Carolina team to enhance, enhance our playoff chances if there is a five undefeated conference champion scenario? Thank you, Gordon. We really appreciate that uh, for yeah, the kind words. Yeah, that's a good question. So, for uh, style points purposes, for stock purposes, what do you think? I you think it's better off that North Carolina cruises from here on out?
1: Yeah, probably, probably. Um, because I, I don't know if it matters if they have a loss or a win in terms of. It's not like they're gonna cash in their chips if they lost a the game at some point. So it's not like uh, where you know you're if if, you know if they do lose a game, where. I don't, they're going to like free fall and they're not going to be in the conversation. I mean, I, it wouldn't shock me if Louisville still loses another game. Um, now, you know, Clemson has two losses. So we'll have to see how that plays out. Duke's got a loss. Uh, no, Duke does not have a conference loss yet. Um, right. so yeah, I mean, I, I, could see it. I, you know, when you think back to, um, you know, I, I go back to the year of Florida state, uh, 2012, when they played Northern L in the, Northern Illinois in the bowl game like going into 2012 that was supposed to be a really hard schedule and for whatever reason everybody stunk like all the teams that we thought in 2012 Florida State was gonna um maybe get style points against all those teams just had bad seasons it wasn't Florida State's fault and then they end up playing Northern Illinois in the bowl game which also was not their fault and so that season like just they never could get a marquee win and the only reason I bring that up is because that that's what led to a lot of people discounting that team and the fact that, you know, how good were they really? And I think, you know, that you could see that happening, but it seems like people are so still giving the LSU win so much respect. um, And you want to Clemson that I think you probably don't need it. Um, but it probably doesn't hurt either. Over 650 of
0: you watching Sunday Smash right now. Welcome in to Warchan TV. Hit that like button underneath. It helps us find more FSU fans who are looking for good content. Who, who
1: I, is there a team in the conference you think they don't need to be playing in the in the in the conference no,
0: championship? No, I'm impressed enough with the defense. I think they're going to be in a you know they can handle whoever. Now North Carolina is the the largest threat. I mean Drake May is going to go top five for a reason. And Ira, when I was researching the uh, the Syracuse game last week, and you know their previous their previous games against Clemson and North Carolina may dropped i'd say at maybe ten throws on really good against really good coverages that broke the spirit of what syracuse was doing and that's anytime you go against a quarterback like that you you would you've got to hold your breath that it could be third and forever. And he might just still find, you know, Tez Walker. And then you got yourself a, a real problem where you thought you were getting off the field or over midfield. And it's just like, well, that's that guy. So if you can avoid him, I'd be okay. Yeah. And I don't care if it's a two loss team that you're facing that has no ranking in the ACC championship. I think if Florida state's 12 and Oh, they're going there's no, there's no doomsday scenario where they could be 13 and Oh, and not in the
1: playoff. You know? Yeah, I think that's the right. Answer. I, 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 I um, uh... I worry a little bit if the resume takes, you know, I was especially worried about the resume a couple weeks ago when LSU looked like they yeah. might be free falling, but they had a really impressive game yesterday. And yeah. so I think and the fact that, that what they held Jaden Daniels to, I think is is going to help because I think that's something that we didn't know at the time, but man, that guy's having an incredible season. Yep. Florida State kind of kept him in check, certainly in the second half.
0: Uh, it's looking more and more impressive. That Auburn defense is good that they, you know, mm-hmm. produced against consistently last night. The Alabama game is going to be a bit of a tell, too, um, you know, about what LSU offensively can do against Alabama. Uh, that, you know, that could influence Florida State's stock one way or the other. And then Clemson plays a lot of important games, too. I know we, we did the Sunday smash after the Clemson win, Ira, and you were very impressed with what you saw, you know, with your own eyes live up there at Death Valley. But Clemson still plays Miami uh, next week. Good luck, Miami, with that one. Uh, They play Notre Dame, does Clemson. They play North Carolina. So if they win those games, then again, you know, I think Florida State could, uh, their stock could rise just because the other teams, they go on and and they play important games and they win them. And that wouldn't be crazy to to suspect that Clemson could win at least two out of three of those marquee matchups, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think they'll beat Miami. I think, um, yeah, I mean, I think there's a, Good chance they'll beat another name. It'll be, uh, will be a, probably a toss, but it'll be a d- big yep. defensive slugfest. Um, and uh, North Carolina, a, yeah, I mean, North
0: Carolina in the 11th game of the season. Very strange to have a yeah. conference game like that with with that kind of stakes on the line. That's on November the 18th, or roughly, you know, that's when that game like,
1: yeah, 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 it's uh, man, you know, obviously, Tez Walker looks impressive. Um, yeah. so we'll, yeah, we'll, that we'll see see how that develops
0: a difference. We will, uh, take your questions in just a moment, but now a 15 second message from our friend, Russ Forrest.
2: Contact Russ Forrest for an auto quote today. Okay.
0: Before we get to your questions in the chat, I've got one for Ira and it's uh, teasing this week's edition of coach speak Ira. Did you do it? Did you watch Jimbo's presser last night or anybody else's?
1: I did watch Jimbo's uh, presser and it, uh, yeah, man, uh, they're struggling. He looks pretty deflated. Um, but you know, the best press conference I've seen so far, uh, was probably our guy at South Carolina, uh, Shane Beamer, mm-hmm. my guy, he not only throws his players under the bus, he puts it in reverse. He comes back over him again. He, Shane Beamer said they had perfect calls in several situations and the players just screwed him up. And it's wow. like, dude, you can't say that. Oh my, it's his, his Prescott, the first four or five, he's got a list of all the times basically my players screwed me. Uh, it's, it's, it's a, oof. I mean, wow. I, that, that it'll be interesting to see how that player, his team responds to that press conference
0: shades of execution Monday. After Dude, it's,
1: exa- it's, it's exactly like that, but, but maybe worse. Oh, wow. Okay. It's, it's, it's all time.
0: It's more than a cult following for Coach Speak. You'll catch that uh, on Thursday. It's a Seminal Headlines production featuring Ira, Corey, and Jeff. And I now know that there will be a Shane Beamer clip. There uh, certainly will. Edition. So I hope you're uh, keeping notes. Hey, Ingram Smith from the Battles End checking in. He ran into uh, Russ at the game yesterday. There you go. Thank you, Ingram. And thanks for checking in, Mr. Battles End. Awesome. Uh, see, the whole Knoll family, everybody gets together on this stuff. Thank and you. if you want to support players, go to battlesend.com. Uh, There's a glossy that the players will sign for you from the, uh, the fumble return at Clemson. So that's a good way to support the program and get something to put on your wall too, which
1: is cool. And uh, my friends at register sausage said that they were out there. They had registered sausage at the battles End tailgate as well. So you can go uh, get some of that when you go out there.
0: Very nice. I see our guest is here a little bit ahead of time. We're going to answer a couple of questions from the chat first, and then we're going to pivot to our War Chant football analyst, Dominic Robinson. So hang on for just a moment back there, um, Mr. Analyst. Uh, All right, Director Ben, what do you got for us? What have you starred? What do the people want to know about the team? All right, Gator Kirk says, what do you think about uh, being 13 and a half point favorites against the Blue Devils? And Gator, I saw it open at 15 and a half in the four o'clock hour. So uh, I think we discussed it a little bit, Ira, but that, that means that Vegas thinks that it's going to be a backup quarterback for Duke at this, at this time, right?
1: It definitely seems like it. And I think it's also a tip of the cap to Florida State. I mean, Florida State is playing well, um, and I think that was a pretty complete game yesterday. They're healthier now. Um, so a lot of the question marks about who's going to be available and, 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 and kind of are they juggling the lineup, the, it seems like this team is kind of getting closer to full strength. Johnny Wilson didn't play Saturday, but uh, it doesn't seem like he's going to be out too long. And uh, so I think it's both things. I think it's a, it's a nod to Florida state the way they're playing, but also, yeah, you would think Riley Leonard was definitely playing, or they thought there was a strong chance he's playing. uh, I'm going to guess that line might be maybe half of what it is.
0: How about the impact era of Micah Pittman and Johnny Wilson? I know Micah's not here anymore, but Ron Dugan's credits Micah Pittman with the attention to detail for blocking on the perimeter. And he said his message to Johnny was, if this little guy can do it, think about what you can do at your size. And even though Johnny Wilson wasn't a part of the proceedings yesterday on the field, Destin Hill had a couple of really good blocks. Ja'Kai Douglas did. Kentron did. I mean, and Keon's come on a long way in a short period of time in that department. That was impressive to see from those receivers on the perimeter.
1: Yeah, and that would be a great topic for D-Rob to touch on, too, when he comes on in. Um, Because, you know, obviously he played that position. But, you know, I think, and I've asked my Norvell about it a few times, because even when they bring in freshmen like Hakeem Williams, I mean, he he has just jumped right in. Um, and I said, you know, is that something that you saw out of him, any willingness to do that in high school? Cause again, man, when you're a five-star receiver in high school, I can't imagine they ever asked him to block anybody. How would you know he could? And he just said, man, that's just the culture of that room now that all of those guys know that that's expected and they know they're not going to get on the field if they don't do it. So it's, it's definitely something they embrace. And, and, uh, you're right. I, I think that that did change, uh, to a good, to a good degree when Micah came in last year.
0: That was my favorite moment yesterday. They caught it on television, Iro, after Hakeem's touchdown. And you think about all that he's had to do to get himself ready to play. He was out of shape in spring. The coaches say that on the record, which I find <laughs> funny. Uh, and Ron Dugan's challenged Hakeem through the media. You know, as a freshman, he needs to do X, Y, and Z. And then they trusted him with snaps at Clemson. He had more than a yeah. handful of snaps at Clemson, which is a big sign for a true freshman. He scores that touchdown, and there is a long embrace and, and sharing of words between Ron Dugan's. And Hakeem, that was a really, really cool moment, and it tells you that development's taking place at that position. Uh, this is that's a good sign where Hakeem is going moving forward.
1: Somebody in the chat just said that Armella killed a man on that screen pass that Hakeem yeah. scored on. He, he yeah. did. I mean, that was that that was perfectly blocked. I mean, yeah. Armella really got out there quickly, got on his guy, and uh, I think the other oh uh, Jackson West, I think had the other block. It was very well well designed, well blocked, and Hakeem man, I, I don't know if I realized he had that gear.
0: I didn't. Uh, that was, wow. That was something else. Uh, and that's what, you know, second half should be for Florida state. Ira, when you see freshmen or true freshmen making plays and you think about the future for a moment, and you say, wow, it's really, really bright. All right. Let's take one more question, uh, from the general, uh, team side, before we get to our X's and O's experts, Sergeant Eggy. what are your all's thoughts on Jared verse? I know just having him out there makes an impact, but his numbers aren't great. Will that hurt his draft stock? Well, there's a couple of questions there, Ira. Um, what, what do you think first about overall his performance this season?
1: I think he's played really well. Um, I, you know, I, I just think that they have they haven't played a lot of traditional offenses where I think he's going to get, um, you know, like Boston College, Thomas Castellanos. They were so concerned about his running ability that they weren't going to really pin their ears back and, and, and rush the passer. Um, you know, they've played a lot of mobile quarterbacks. I think he's done it. Done it I think he's played really well. I don't think his numbers are going to bother anybody at the draft. I mean, the thing is. They're going to so much more to me, and, and D-Rob can talk about this because he trains athletes for a living, but to me, so much more of the draft is about you know physical abilities, the testing, uh, much more so than your production based on whatever system you're in. So I don't think that's going to affect him. Yeah. Um, hey, headliners and elite headliners, it's Ira here, and it's time to talk Shopify. As you remember, a couple of years ago, we wanted to create and sell headlines merch for the best podcast listeners in the world. That's you, but we had no idea where to get started. Now we're selling yay Sausage shirts and it's so easy, all because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, whether you're a startup working out of your man cave or IPO ready. Shopify is the only tool you need to grow your business without all the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. You could be selling Don Julio socks from Shopify's in-person point of sale system or offering headliner shirts from Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform. Whatever you need, you're covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. And, and <clears throat> excuse me. Now, I, one thing I would say, though, is I don't think he's going to test for, on that on that topic. One thing I thought about Jared versus last year and I thought this year, just being blunt, I don't think he's going to test in terms of like the measurables quite the way people might expect. He's not as long as Jermaine Johnson. And so that is going to affect him a little bit. Um, he's not quite that frame. Um, so I think that might hurt him a little bit once he gets there but I, I don't think production is going to have a big factor. I don't know. What do you think?
0: Yeah. He, well, hit the explosiveness is there. And if you look yeah. at the game plans against him are to keep away from him or to, you know, spend two players, uh, be it, you know, a chipping tight end, or maybe even sometimes an outright double team, if they can get out there on Jared. Um, but if you look at what they did yesterday, they rolled the pocket a bunch. They just rolled away from him. So I'm not too worried about it. that is having an impact on the game without having the numbers per se. Um, but, you know, He's allowed to make plays, too, in big moments. And and we forget, Ira, he had a couple of big moments, like in the LSU game. There's a strip sack, but it's ruled an incomplete pass. Um, and he had his moments against Clemson, too. So it's not like he hasn't done anything. It's just that when you are the best player on the defensive line, people are going to stay away from you. It's like people would complain about uh, Xavier Rhodes' last year at Florida State. Like, well, what about the interception count? Yeah. Well if nobody's throwing to him, you know, that's that's a, a sign enough. Let's welcome in our analyst. It's Dominic Robinson. Uh, his feature video is on the channel uh, right now Warchant TV talking about Florida State's running game. Another good day for the ground game against Syracuse this weekend, nearly 200 yards. What's up Dominic? Welcome. How are you doing?
2: What's up fellas? Happy Sunday and uh, happy to be 6 and 0. Yeah. I feel happy-
1: like I feel, I feel like man when I saw the video last week I want, I heard peaches and herb reunited in my head. I was just glad, <laughs> glad to have you back, buddy.
2: Yeah, man. It was so good to, to be back and, you know, get back down to the, to the nitty gritty with my guy, man. Um, good time. You know, it, it was, it was a lot of fun and I'm, I'm looking forward to bringing you guys some, some more good, good content on breaking down these guys and looking at what, what they've been doing and, you know, obviously doing so many things you know, really well. Can, you, so can it's, you, it's been can... a fun team to, to, to watch.
1: Can you touch on that Jared Verse thing? Like just talking about production versus uh, in terms of draft evaluations and that type of thing.
2: Absolutely. I think you hit the nail on the head in terms of um, his measurables, not quite jumping off the screen the way that I think a lot of people are are thinking or hoping or expecting. I also, I talk a lot about I have over the last couple of years is like during bowl season, it's incredible how many guys are first-rounders. Like, how, how, how are 117 guys first-rounders?
1: Do you remember like, – and I, I love Brett Williams, love Brett Williams. Uh, but remember, Kuiper had him in the first round on his big board in November it's, December. Yeah.
2: It's unbelievable. You watch the last couple of games, like our Florida game and then the bowl games and then obviously now the playoffs, and I've always wanted to just chart how many guys are mentioned as first-rounders. It's right. crazy. You watch, like, Marshall versus Troy. And it's like three first rounders. It's like, okay, I understand these guys are good players. And and I think people need to understand that getting – there's nothing wrong with getting drafted in the second round, the third round, the fourth round, the fifth round. Um, you know, look at Brock Purdy, the very last pick of the draft. You get drafted, you're a special human being. You play football in college, you're a special – so Jared versus is going to go high – I don't know that you know you you hear it's always first round because that's the easy thing to throw out when you're when you're commentating a game, um, but yeah, he his his production, I wouldn't worry about his production. I would worry about all these guys. They they have a splash in you know at the combine in pro day. You know every almost every first rounder either has some sort of ridiculous amount of production or they run some ridiculous time, you know. You got to have one or the other. Guys like Jared Verse usually get sort of thrown in that mix around second round because they don't have either. It's not a 17-sack season, and he's not going to run a 4-4-9, you know. Right. And those guys usually end up sliding more than they should, honestly. I've never understood. I hate – As a guy who trains athletes for a living, and I I love the training side of it, but I hate the combine side of it because we get lost in these guys. Some of these guys have 90, uh, you know, or I should say 90, but 40, 50 games of tape of playing football. And then they somehow lose millions of dollars because they don't run around in shorts and tights and a T-shirt really well. You know, uh, in a one-time shot, on a, on a random Saturday, you know, in the, in the spring, it's like, dude, we just watched this guy for three falls. How much, how much do I need to see him run around in shorts to know he's a good player or not? I I get really frustrated with, with the the whole combine stuff and how guys slide and even how some guys jump up. Sometimes I get really upset with some of these wideouts that run a four two. They literally have never ran a route. And now all of a sudden they're, they're getting talked about as first rounders.
1: Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is like Anthony Richardson. I don't feel like his college tape told you he should be what he was is a, a draft pick. Now we'll see. I mean, he's had health issues, but, but phenomenal,
2: um, phenomenal example. I was I was really like perplexed when I was right. hearing and seeing all that, and and um, you know we'll we'll see how that ends right. up turning out. But but yeah, I, I feel very good about Jared versus obviously you know being a first round talent. Is not the same as being a first rounder, he's clearly a first round talent. I just don't think, again, like I was saying before, only 32 guys can go, right? (laughs) Yeah, only 32 guys can actually get picked. You know, uh, contrary to when you watch games uh, in December, what everybody's saying, everybody seems to be a first rounder,
0: so. So we've got uh, the opportunity for you in the chat right now, TV, to ask questions to Dominic Robinson. Nearly 800 of you here. Hit that like button underneath the video. This is going to be a fun final 20 minutes or so on the show. Before we get to your questions, uh, Dominic, you know, just a broad view of what you've seen so far. Florida State's halfway through the season, won all their games. Uh, We talked about the running game specifically in a video this week on the channel. Mm -hmm. What are your takeaways from what you're seeing either side of the ball? Pick your poison.
2: Yeah, well, I do want to talk about the running game just because that's the breakdown we went. You guys go check out that breakdown from this week. Tom and I killed it. Tom doing his thing, asking the great questions, throwing throwing fastballs at me and letting me put them in play. Um, I do also want to say, go back. I hope it's still there. Uh, last year, I did the in 2022 a breakdown on counter, which right. is Mike Norvell's favorite play. Um favorite run play I should say our favorite run concept um and we we dug deep in the weeds on that i think that was a good 20 minute you know breakdown you know you guys go go find that hopefully it's still up on the youtube um the one thing that we did we florida state did was they bludgeoned people with counter in 2022 it was there were times where literally the whole stadium knew it The moms knew it. The dads knew it. The cousins knew it. The uncles knew it. Just everybody knew counter was coming. Norvell dialed up counter and it was a five yard game. This year, he's not doing that. Um, It's clear. And, and I noticed, uh, I noticed it yesterday. I noticed, yeah, the Saturday was yesterday. I noticed it yesterday. So the guys had between, uh, you know, Trey and and, um, Toa Philly. they had 21 carries, and 13 of them was it were a zone run. Um, well, 11 of those were to Trey. So Trey had 14 carries. 11 of them were on zone runs, not counter. He's not running counter with 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 Trey Benson this year. He's he's clearly going away from it for some reason. Um, obviously, we're not in the, those meetings and those locker rooms, but it, it's it, it's um, there's a concerted effort to go away from that with, with, um, with Trey. So, uh, so I will say yesterday was an interesting, you know, study for me because I put out the the run game deal and it seemed like it was still, there was still leaky. It was still Mm -hmm. leaky. And then he goes away from counter. He goes zone with Trey. Trey starts to, you know, Trey's a very good zone runner, um, mainly because he falls forward on everything, he's got great vision, and he falls forward on everything. So you can't make a bad call, you know. Even if you are leaky in zone, he falls forward. It's a three yard game. Well, we're still in a good position. We're second and seven, yep. you know. And that's the one thing about Trey Benson that makes him so special is he's got speed, but he also falls forward.
1: Do you think um, is it is it possible that you know earlier this year, I think it was Clemson where they were they were they were coming backside and making plays on the counter. Like they were blowing up the plays. I thought sometimes maybe from the backside and that's when, that was the yeah. game where they put Jaheen bell in the backfield to help out. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. So here's the interesting thing with that is Jordan. I think is more hurt right. than we ever know. And this is probably his whole career. Mm-hmm. We probably never know half of Jordan's injuries. The dude is just a warrior like an absolute warrior. So what I'm seeing is the answer to that is quarterback run game. Right. If they're making plays on the backside, if they're coming down, you know, if you, if for some reason they're, they're making those plays, you keep them honest by going quarterback run game, right. or you go, you know, you, you fake counter and then you, you, you pass off of it, which they do plenty of, they usually start the game with it. And, um, and they do plenty of it, but the problem with it is most of our concepts or most of their concepts off of it are deep, deep passing game concepts. When they fake, they fake counter, so it's more of what like a, a run action pass is what I would call it, or you know play action pass. So, um, so what I I look to see is as we get into some of these tougher matchups, do they then sort of take the restrictor plates off of Jordan? And say, hey, we got to win this game. And they 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 run, you know, counter RPO where him running the ball is an option. Because it's that's that's one of the things that's clearly a difference between parts of last year and then two years ago that's gone away is you know him being a a, a vital part in the run game. Part of it too is we have better blockers up front and we have better runners of the ball. Now, two years, you know, two years later. And so I think they're trying to do less with him in the run game. Um, but, yeah, that's that's the big that's the big thing that I see is like, um, you know, that they they got to go to some sort of quarterback run game or they got to let him cut. They got to cut him loose first one on one coverage and let him throw it more. Um, if those guys are running that thing down, counter down from the from the backside.
0: Larry in the chat says, thank you for that clutch catch in the swamp. So he just wants you to know, D-Rob, that he, he appreciates you and he appreciates that moment in Florida State history. So
2: thank I you. I appreciate you, Larry. <laughs> uh, Jeremy <laughs>
0: wants to know, why do you think Florida State wasn't throwing as many intermediate routes until yesterday? Do you see anything about that deep ball?
2: <laughs> I do. Um, I, I see a problem that I'm going to – this is what I'm going to look at for this week's breakdown. So you guys be on the lookout for the breakdown this this week, uh, either Tuesday or Wednesday. It'll be out up on the YouTube. Um, And I'm going to look at something that I think I'm seeing is. Jordan, in this game, he was 10 for 10 behind the line, so screens, you know, check downs, anything zero or less. He was three for five, 20 yards down the field. So between those two, you know, he's 13 for 15, you know, and, and, you know, he's got three deep balls and then he's completing everything, you know, behind the line of scrimmage between one and 19 yards, he's 10 for 21. So he's less than 50% on balls that you should be somewhere between 55 and 65%. Um, You know, if we're talking quick game, I'm expecting to be 70% quick game. So that's zero to 10 yards. Usually that's your slants your hitches, your flats, um, you know, things like that. So I'm seeing that this may be an issue that Jordan is either having with pressure on the intermediate routes where the the passes that are over 20 yards, they're going max protection. So they have a little bit more time or, um, or he just has an issue with accuracy between those in, in those intermediate routes and Mike Norvell knows this but it's not that he's not calling it I mean he like I said there's yeah. 21 out of his 30 what did I say is 31 passes or something yeah um 34 passes that he threw of 21 of them were somewhere between one and 19 yards so the 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 routes are being run the plays are being called and um and he's missing you know and and the reason for for him missing that's what I'm going to dig into this week. That's-
1: now, th- now this week in particular is not. You know, they had a bunch of drop passes too, which there, certainly- were, there
2: were three drops that right. that were probably in that range. Right. There, was, there. So his his passing percentage was somewhere in sixty percent. He would have been seventy two percent had he have had those passes not been dropped. You the know, other th- that you know, so that we're definitely you know, I I definitely dig into that that also is you know, what's happening on the other end of it. Are, are the DBs making plays or is he just right. uh, flat out missing again? Is there pressure? Is he, you know, does he have two guys on his back while he's releasing the ball? You know, all of that stuff.
1: Yeah. I look forward to seeing it. Uh, I, I bet the pressure is probably a part of it. And then the other thing is um, it seems like to me, and this is just, this is just man, like not studying the film or going back and not obviously analyzing the way you're going to, but you know, just, I'm, I just, to me, like, everybody thinks they're they're throwing the ball downfield a ton this year. And they're really not like statistically compared to last year. But I think the perception is that way because it feels like when they are throwing it downfield more, a lot of times they're contested passes. They're not wide open. Like it seemed to me like in the last couple of years, because they ran the ball so well, when they did take shots down the field, a lot of times the receivers were behind the secondary. And so I think it felt like they got completed more often. It felt like they weren't risky passes and I think now because Keon is so good because Johnny's so good I think Jordan is throwing up more 50 50-ish balls than maybe they did in the past and I think so it feels like he's forcing it downfield but but how, <clears throat> how much of that is when you've got really good receivers sometimes you've got to give them those chances like is there well is there, that part yeah that? Uh,
2: absolutely so there's an element to what I'm watching is like the, ele- the, uh, the evolution of Jordan Travis that's also coinciding with the evolution of Mike Norvell. Like these things are happening at the same time. And so what I'm seeing is that early on, it was we can't have, we, we got to let Jordan win the game with his legs and we got to protect the football. We weren't very strong on defense, you know, t- two years ago. And so it's like, we got to possess the football and we got to protect Jordan. Cause if Jordan goes down, we definitely aren't winning the game. <laughs> and so, and, and we got to run the ball with them like 14 times. Mm-hmm. So I can't also expose him in the passing game and in the run game. Well, what I'm seeing is as they're evolving, um, I would say last year, the deep balls were all off of really elaborate play action fakes that had max protection, you know, six to seven guys protecting. And it was, I don't want to say feast or famine, but it really was like a single shot post right. to one guy. And if that wasn't there, then it usually was tuck and run. Um, where now because you know the the the, the offense has evolved so much and the players have gotten so much better, you will again you have Johnny who's, you know, now just a refined you know, player, and then Keon comes over. Now you can push the ball down the field without so much, so much, so many bells and whistles, and it doesn't just have to be fake. So, so that's the other thing that I want to look at this week is how often are they completing drop back passes versus play action passes. And so what you're talking about, what I think, what I think we're seeing as fans is they're taking more shots in the drop back game that they never took. I, I, I would say last year, it maybe was one every other game, where it was like drop back pass, deep ball, and it maybe wasn't even that. To be honest with you, it probably wasn't even that. Mm-hmm. Where now we're seeing about two a half, one or two a half of, hey, I'm going to just throw a nine ball, which is a go route to Keon, and it's worth, and that's worth it. That's good offense because Keon is better than most of the guys he's matched up against, mm-hmm. maybe all, probably all of them. So. It's worth it for me to, to, you know, I, I had an offensive coordinator tell me one time, matter of fact, it may have been Lincoln Riley like three or four years ago, that if I have a dominant X receiver, I have to throw him a nine route once a quarter. Hmm. I owe it to my team to do that. And if that guy doesn't win, then we weren't going to win the game anyway because that's our best player he's our guy he's 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 the guy that makes us that you know stirs the stirs the shake so um and so yeah so that's that's what you have to do and so that's probably what you're seeing and those are lower percentage plays um but they're also splash plays that they they change games those are game changing moments and we saw one um you know yesterday
0: yeah and to Ira's point, yeah, it's not that much more on the deep balls uh, it, before yesterday's game. And we'll see what the numbers shake out to be. But there's only a three percent increase in shots, 20 plus yards down the field. It's just that the the accuracy dropped from 45 percent to 30 percent. And so that's maybe what happens in the middle there. That's what Dominic is going to explain for us. And can't wait to see that breakdown the middle of this week on WarChant TV. So I uh, want to get this question in before we're done from Brett. Dominic running game thoughts after Syracuse. Now you, you broke down the running game a little bit this week on the channel, but do you think that the if can the O-line move the line of scrimmage on a 3rd and 2 or a 4th and 1 based upon what you're seeing? No
2: bells, no whistles, straight up can they win in a situation like that? What do you think? I don't feel like coach Norvell feels confident that they can. Right. That's that's uh, from what I'm seeing just based on the sequencing of play calls. Um, even that stalling of the red zone that we had, um, yesterday, um, you know, again, the changing from counter, which is bread and butter to trying other things, trying pin and pull, you know, running way more zone than you've ever run. That tells me like, Hey, we're searching for something to hang our hat on. When we do get to the nitty gritty, when I get to the playoff, when I get to the ACC championship, that tells me that he's, he's, he's searching a little bit. So, um, so no, I don't feel like we're there. Can, can they get there? They can get there, but I, I would say right now, the answer is no, it's, it's not there. And, um, and they're going to have to, you know, either find it or find another way to be creative, um, you know, to, to find a way to get that because that's how games are won, you know, right. Right there.
1: Can I follow up on that real quick, Tom? Um, so D Rob, you know like that's we had this conversation last year remember when when people were ripping norvell for being too cute in mm-hmm. the, around the goal line and we were yeah. like look man they can't just yeah, move people but isn't that how many like you cuz you watch more college football than we do like we watch florida state you're watching teams Everybody. across the country yeah, <laughs> yeah so yeah. How, how many offensive lines can do that like how many offensive lines out there going up against a similarly sized school conference opponent Mm-hmm. can can move the line in obvious running situations what percentage honestly it's
2: honestly it's not much you know um what what you're seeing now is definitely a shift in um college football which is that used to be you can't win 6 7 games unless you can do that and then we started to get very creative on the offensive side and guys started to figure out a way to win games without having anyone block you know, where the perimeter screen game, you know, to the, to the wideouts became the running game. And, you know, you know, Mike Leach and some of these guys like, you know, recently are starting to figure out like, okay, I can get really creative with jet sweep and, you know, fly motion, jet motion, all this other stuff where I can dress up my run game. And now I don't have to be as good um with the front five because the defensive players are thinking and not just react, not just playing. And so so yeah, there, there. It's not like, it's not this super indictment like it used to be in football. Twenty years ago in football, if you said that to a, a offensive coach, it was like literally telling you, telling you know, saying the worst thing you could about his mom. Like you tell me that my offensive line can't move somebody, as the most disrespectful thing you could say. And now guys are like, oh yeah, they can't. But watch this: five hundred yards of offense on you. So who cares if they can move guys? Because I can move guys, you know. Mm. So that's the way that the game has changed, you know, evolved really, you know, recently over the last probably 10, 15 years is that guys are now finding ways like, hey, if my guys can't block. Now, it becomes a lot more difficult. It's a lot more, it's low percentage, you know, all of that. So, again, you know, if you can do that, though, that will always win. You know, football is the same game that it's always been. If you can move guys off the line of scrimmage, you will win. That's that. And that's why you still want to try and develop that. And that's why Coach Nervell is still sticking to that run game, you know, because if you can do that, then that's how you win games in 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 December and January.
0: So we'll uh, we'll take one more from Ralph Spartanol seventy one for D Rob. This is a broad one, Dominic, um, and he's asking you if you're a head coach, what changes do you make to what you see? So, put it another way, what would you like to see more of now that you're watching Florida State? You know, granularly,
2: Uh, nothing, nothing. What they're doing right now is phenomenal, Um, you know, on 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 all aspects. I mean, heck, throwing Keon back there. to to return punch this week, I mean the the it, right now it feels like I I <laughs> I wish I could be in some of those coaches meetings like this year because I feel like that staff is showing up and they've got to be so happy to look at the pieces that they now have in relation to what they had when they first <laughs> got there. I mean, they just have to be like kids in the candy store. They got to be so fired up um, because he's he's just like they just. There's so many things that they can do now that they they couldn't do, like they couldn't even imagine to do. And so, I, I would not change anything that they're doing. Um, you know, I would say, uh, you know, if you were wanted to nitpick they're probably playing a little bit more man than you were, are going to be able to play. Say, if you get into a playoff scenario, um, you're going to, you, you cannot play man for 50 snaps. You know, it, it, you just, you, you don't have the depth to do that and you don't have the horses to do that. Um, and, and, and nobody does like that's, you know, that's the, the early two thousands Miami stuff where they would just play man for a whole, a whole game. Um, and so that's, that's a really difficult, difficult thing, but I, I'm not, I'm not changing anything. If I'm, if I'm this staff, I'm looking to make sure we tighten the bolts and the screws on, on special teams, which again, why I love the Keon on addition as a punt returner, I don't want him back there every single time, but I do like, you know, uh, I mean, when I was, when I was there, we, we literally Leon uh, uh Washington and I, we rotated, we just, we went back and forth. I would go one, he would go one. I would go one, he would go one. Then uh Lorenzo Booker came in and then he would throw him back there every once in a while. He would kind of go every every 3 3 rotations, you know, th- you know, cuz it's it's hard, man. That's a that's a tough job and if you're going to be full time on offense and, and that's going to be tough. But I would tighten the screws on on special teams and and some of those things. And um and then like I said, just if I was really being nitpicky in terms of like looking at ACC championship playoff, playoff game one, playoff game two. I, I would, I would probably want to see a little bit more zone, um, just for like self preservation, because um, because like I said, the the percentage of man is um, is pretty high for when you're going to get some horses like you'll you'll play um, down the road.
1: Can I just say two things real quick, Tom? Yep. One is, um, that's, there'll be a good topic for a video at some point, Dom, especially as we get closer to the playoff because, or to the postseason because uh, it would be good for you to go look back at, excuse me, when they played zone and Mm -hmm. why maybe it hasn't been super successful. And like some of the keys, because I think a lot of times as, as media or fans were like, just play more zone. Well, like, why, why, (laughs) why, yeah, yeah, there's a reason. What are the challenges? And then, um, the last thing I want to say is uh yeah, Corey came in the press box on Saturday and uh he was he we were started talking about something. He brought up the video you did. He's like, Man, I hope 34 from Virginia Tech's parents weren't watching that video. <laughs> <laughs> he, he thought you went you went coach 30 on him. Man, I'm I'm, I'm not talented. I'm down my leg.
2: Absolutely. But I'll tell you one thing about me, like and I, I, hope you guys will get this for me as we spend more time together. We had all year last year, and hopefully, you know, fifty more years together. Um, I, it's not personal. Anything that I say, I'm just a coach that loves ball. And if that kid was, it, it was one of my kids, I would say the same thing to him. Thirty
1: four. She's not going to compete, and then
2: I would love it up. Yeah, and then I would love him up. You know, but, but I, I'm not saying anything that I wouldn't say. And it's, it's, uh, it's all just uh, in the, in the hopes of helping someone get better. So yeah. 34 needs to get to work. Cause he's, yeah. he, he's not ACC ready.
1: Thomas <laughs> Watts in the chat quiet, said, basically. I'm not really an athlete. Not, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: We had uh we had a good laugh at, at his expense, but then also uh Dimitri too, because he got blown up on, on oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. that
2: was, yeah. that was good. I remember that. That was good, man. And that's that's gonna happen, man. Like I hope again. Why I say like none of that's personal. If you play football the right way, you're going to get got. That's that is it. Though the guys that don't get it, it's because they don't ever stick their nose in it. And if you don't stick your nose in it, then you're a liability to us as a team. So hey, you're gonna get got, man. You 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 play yeah. Division One football. You play football at any level. Right. You stick your nose in there like you're supposed to. Every once in a while, you're gonna get got, man. That's the way it's that's the way it's supposed to go. All right. Hey, so- I do want to touch on the the wideouts blocking though. Oh okay. yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. I I have to. Um, and if this is Micah Pittman again, I'm not in those rooms, so I I don't know if this is Micah Pittman. Whether this is Johnny coming over from. Him, from asu i don't know if i don't remember him doing this at asu it blocking is not a talent deal it's not a five-star four-star you know nobody gets recruited for blocking Uh, contrary to belief no no coaches on the trail looking for a blocker right but what you are looking for is a mentality and a personality of a person that loves his teammates enough that they'll do whatever they can to help us win this football game. And if that means I got a block for 60 plays and lay my life on the line, then that's what I'm going to do. And that is a, that is a innate personality, um, internal motivation type thing. That's not even really going to come from a coach that's saying, Hey, move your feet right here and your hands right here and moving it. You either want to do it or you don't want to do it. You either really love your teammates or you don't love your teammates the way that you claim you do. And these guys, man, I, I, I you, like I said, you said earlier, Ira, I watch everybody. I'm watching games. I'm at games. These guys get after it on a whole nother level, man. They really do. I, I mean, huge, huge hat tip to, to Ron Dugans. Um, and Norvell and, again, Micah Pittman and Johnny and whoever it is who set that sort of personality because it's certainly lasting, and that's a thing that will last for a long time. We'll be talking about it eight years from now going, you know, it becomes who you are. It becomes part of the fabric of, of what you who you are and what you do. I mean, if you look at, like, 10 years of FSU wideouts, they looked like a certain way. You know, go back to like Kez McCorvey to, you know, if you go down the line, it's like, oh, these guys were essentially clones of themselves. Well, there's a reason they're not actually the same person. It's because they saw a certain style of play. And then they when they got there, they wanted to emulate that. So these young guys, when they're getting there, they're seeing the Micahs and the, the, and the Johnnies and, you know, the way that these guys get after in the blocking game. And they're, they're, they're imitating it like off the bat. It's, it's really fun as a wide out coach and, you know, a guy who loves really good wide out play. There's so much of it with, with Florida state that it's, it's very, very refreshing. And it's, it's very unique. Just say that it's very unique. It, there, I'm sure there's other teams across the country that are doing it, but not at the level that, that Florida state's doing on the perimeter. they, they really really are high effort high energy get after it
1: cuz you um, you cuz if you don't really want to do it you can make it look like you're trying to right absolutely <laughs> right. absolutely we are brilliant at pretending to block
2: <laughs> we are i mean there's why i mean and that's that's all the nfl is there's nobody in the nfl trying to block anybody it's all just pretend and the, the other thing is db's they want to be blocked mm mm-hmm. mhm they don't want to tackle. They don't get a scholarship to go to wherever to tackle. So all you have to do is just want to do it. They're going to concede. Right. They want to be blocked. They don't want to. You think I want, to, I want Trey Benson? Yeah. You know? Like I don't a, want to see Trey Benson running full speed. I I'm don't a, get to him until he's 12 yards down the field. You think I want to hit this guy?
1: I'm going to no hold this block. I'm going to hold this block away for the safety and the linebacker if to come over. you show
2: any yeah. effort, I'm going to stay blocked as a defensive <laughs> back. You just have to show the effort to block me so that I don't get cussed and filmed. <laughs> So I'm going to show a little bit of that other fake effort to look like. But Jay, you made a good block, man. What what can we say? Those guys don't want to. Those guys want to be blocked. So all we have to do as wideouts is just care enough about our teammates to show some effort. And Florida give State's them, wideouts are doing all of that. It's it's fun give them
1: give them walk. what they want. Give them what they want. That's it.
2: Give them what they want. They want to be blocked. Just go block them, man. Just show me a little bit of effort and just go block them.
1: Z Chan uh,
0: contributed to the program and he says, "This is for you." d rob this is for you so a contribution uh from the chat this is z chan and uh, shout
2: out shout out z chan i've missed you man i'm glad glad to see you and glad to be back with you man all
0: right last one i'm gonna abuse it uh a little more of your time if you're okay to answer one more fun question D Rob, i'm 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 good
2: man yeah yeah let's go all right we talked about a great time
0: the meeting rooms uh for the for the meet play you said you know this is where your team would say what happened to you man (laughs) like what So Mm -hmm. if you can give me either at Florida State or wherever you've been on your journey, maybe your your the funniest moment that you can repeat in a meeting room that you
2: saw. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the list just goes (laughs) on and on. I don't know if this one is funny, but when you started to say that, I thought about you know, you're just talking about moments, you know, embarrassing moments. Um, so there was a week where i had been just off the charts i was just catching everything just one hand catch blah 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 and i think gene comes up to me and we do an interview or whatever and i i make a comment like, i have the best hands on the team i said something about having the best hands on the team That yeah, just total throw away throwaway line didn't even think anything of it whatever well that gets he prints it or something, it gets yeah. out there, gets in around the locker room. Of course, there's a bunch of guys in the locker room that catch <laughs> balls for a living too, and they're like, "Wait a minute I mean, it's like Anquan's on the team, and Talmud Gardner, and all these guys, right? These guys, these guys could catch. Like they're they're all gonna be NFL. Atrus Bell and, and uh I know. Team. Hey, I know,
1: I know. My guy Robert Morgan didn't say anything about it.
2: <laughs> no, Rob <laughs> G has never ever said anything. <laughs> Um, so they're giving me hell. Oh yeah. So every, so now I can't drop anything. Like I can't drop the Gatorade being or sorry, but like Powerade being tossed to me in the meeting room without somebody saying, Oh, best hands on the team. huh?" like, I can't drop nothing. So we go to Maryland that week. I'm the punt returner and we're up like 40 to nothing. And, um, and they had a, an all American punter. This dude could punt. I can't remember his name, but this dude, I mean, his ball was, I swear, was literally scraping a cloud and then coming down. We're ahead 40, and we got a shutout. And you know how much a shutout means, especially to Mickey Andrews and that staff. Shutouts are everything. And one of his punts gets up there, turns over, and it goes right through my hands, and I drop it. And the defense Absolutely, dog <laughs> cussed me because four plays later Maryland scores. It's their only touchdown of the day, and um, yeah, I I'll never forget that because it's probably the last time that I ever said anything positive about myself. And uh, and uh, yeah, and the defensive players they were upset with me for 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 a while. You know, uh, probably a whole probably for the rest of that year. Um, they they gave me hell man so that that's one of those embarrassing moments so uh, those uh you know when you get to it especially and and you finally get over it you know Saturday night you know maybe you get back on the flight you're a little upset about it we won by 40 it's still good but then you got to relive it in film and then it's like mm-hmm. oh shoot here it comes and it's like the first punt you catch you make you, you you know make a guy miss or whatever, you get a 12-yard run. But all you're thinking about, you're seeing all this good stuff, but all you're thinking about is eventually they're going to get to the drop. <laughs> That's all I'm thinking. Eventually they're going to get to the drop. Sure enough, fourth quarter comes, I drop it, and, uh, yeah, that was, that was one of the more embarrassing moments. I'll have to think of a funny one for next in, week.
1: In um, your defense, real quick, because if somebody's watching this, they may not understand why you would have said something like that. I'm gonna guess that the way it probably went is Gene probably said something like, "Do you feel like you got the best hands on the team?" or "Or, or it looks like you have got the best hands on the team." All this guy. and then you probably said, "Yeah, I think I do." Or whatever, you know. Yeah. I, I yeah. don't think it. I don't think it came out of just like randomly. Hey, I want to proclaim to the world I've got the best. Not that you didn't lack yeah. confidence. No, you, yeah, you no, didn't no lack but confidence that is. No. But yeah, that's usually so that's, that's usually how yeah. players get in the situation sometimes when absolutely and that is absolutely
2: the how the article read right. or whatever it was right. it read like as if I was making a declarative statement <laughs> like I have the best hands on the team come watch me catch punts against Maryland this week <laughs> I'll be putting on a catching clinic and then I dropped a freaking punt oh that would hurt that would still hurt like, every time I catch a punt I see that punt <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that was an embarrassing that was that was an embarrassing moment, man. I'll never forget that one. And uh, defense, shout out to the defense. I think that was O two. Shout out to the O two defense, man. I'm sorry for giving you guys a shutout out. Uh.
0: With our numbers, at least one member of that defense is watching now. And I think they got the closure they were looking for, D-Rob. Like,
2: all right, all right. <laughs> yeah, uh, we appreciate they, they're, it. They, they're going to take down the D-Rob dartboard that they've been throwing <laughs> darts at for the last it'll 20 like years. A,
0: it'll be like Steve Buscemi and Billy Madison. Yep. Cross yeah. your name? i like, all right, all right. <laughs>
2: He's good now. We don't have to go find him in Arizona. He's good now. <laughs> Leave him alone.
0: D-Rob, thank you so much for the time tonight. I can't wait to uh, – Meet up on Tuesday to record this piece on uh, Jordan Traps. It should be a lot of fun.
2: Yes, sir. See you Thanks, D Rob. All right. Uh, yeah. Thanks, guys.
0: Uh, for Ira, for D Rob, for Director Ben behind the scenes, this has been Sunday Smash presented by Russ Forhis, RussForhis.com. Stay tuned to WarChant.com for the latest. There's a YouTube special. It's a dollar for two months, people. It's a dollar for two months. You go to WarChant.com, you sign up, use promo code FSU and the number one to get two months of access to WarChant.com for just one dollar so again wake up Chan will be on your pod feeds tomorrow morning all the coverage from the press conferences it's game week florida state prime time against duke next week 7 30 we will get you set for ira d rob ben and thank you to everybody that contributed to the program uh like gordon and z chan uh good night and we will talk to you next time on war tv
2: go knows